Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Cup of Three. My name is Ashley. I am joined, as always, by my friend and co-host, Mbel, and fiancé and co-host, Agu. Hello, guys. Hey, hey. Hello. (laughs) Hi there. Cool. (laughs) Sorry, talk. I like to imagine if someone's ever, like, just listening to this and they've never seen us on YouTube, like, what they imagine us to look like based on our voices. And you always do a bit in the beginning of Goo where you do, like, this crazy deep voice or some Mm -hmm. weird thing. So I wonder what someone would imagine if they heard that. Hopefully they think I look like Barry White or something. Like, (laughs) You're not The Rock? That's not... (laughs) Damn. I take that back. I'll I'll call it The Rock. (laughs) Always The Rock. All right. I was watching well, some of his old stuff. He's, yeah, he's so charming, man. So charming. Yeah. Oh, darn. Okay. Hi, guys. Hello. Agu <laughs> <Agu> was here. <laughs> All right. Well, if this is your first time joining us, we are a podcast covering reality shows and love and relationships. Right now, we're covering Married at First Sight season 13. And we kind of have some topics covering and adjacent to episodes eight and nine. Um, so we're going to just kind of bounce around a little bit of the things that stuck out to us that um, we felt like we could dig in on and yeah, kind of go from there. So do you guys have anything to add before we jump in? I mean, I feel like we're a little low energy. We got to like get up here. <laughs> okay. We're, we're here for you guys. Yeah, I am excited to say that the season <laughs> seems to have a little bit of a turnaround now. I liked the latest episode, drama free, just for the most part, just it's it's, it's married at first sight there's gonna be some drama okay but yeah we seem to be taking a little bit of a turn now everyone this time is not negative i'll say that not every single person (laughs) that's an improvement i guess things are getting better i mean compared to last season i feel like anything would feel like a walk in the park so how much of the improvement is just chris not being in the season like that just might majority 80 like 80 percent right there yeah yeah i'm i'm glad to not have the same like regurgitated storyline over and over again Mm -hmm. with them Mm -hmm. so that is good okay (laughs) um let's start with jose and rachel because they had this conversation about sort of their past relationships where they talked about um jose talked about being with someone a woman who had kids and they were together for a long time and they ended up splitting because he felt like the kids were kind of a deal breaker. And then Rachel talked about how she had been in a relationship in the past where she had cheated. And that was like a big thing for Jose. Um, But I, I, we kind of wanted to hone in on Jose's history of being with this person who had children and how this was a deal breaker, but they were together for like four years. Right. Sounds like it. Yeah. Just like, that's a significant chunk of time. Um, and the kind of, I, I think there's a sort of phrase that comes up around this topic a lot of like, you're wasting someone's time. And that can sometimes be yeah. used as like, you're wasting the woman's time. And that's like, kind of <laughs> alongside the the timeline of like, when she's able to have kids or not. And so that affects the relationship. So yeah, I guess, how did you feel about their conversation and, and where they landed with it? That was kind of hard to hear if he, because it started out on the whole love conversation where they were asking each other, have you ever been in love? She said, yes. He said, no. And then he elaborated on this relationship. He just couldn't get over. 
with the kids being the deal breaker, but they were together for four years. And <sighs> it it just like shocked me. Mm-hmm. How are you with someone for four years then? To me, it's like, if it's kids, you you maybe or may not know, hey, I don't know if I can be a step parent. Let me try and I'll give it a shot. Let's see, you know, I'm at least open to the idea. But four years to then realize, actually, mm, I can't be a step parent. Like, I, I want to say you could have learned that in year one. What do you say when you're with someone that long and you don't say, like, I feel like so many things like, oh, love you, love you too. Like, if you don't have that, what, what do you just go, right? you're looking cool. Like, what do you say <laughs> to each other? I'm I just- appreciate you. <laughs> Girl, I appreciate you. <laughs> I respect you. Uh, yeah so he had never said i love you with that partner like that's i don't know why he had to right like you would think feels like it four years right that's i mean that's a lot to if i were in a relationship with someone year four and we hadn't shared that i'd be like what are we doing (laughs) i feel like he said it they probably both said it to each other but maybe now he's saying to rachel he was never actually in love which i'm like a whole move uh, and it's also that thing of like everyone has a different idea of what love is supposed to feel like where mm-hmm. i think i think there's it's highly likely that he was in love with this person if they were together for four years or there maybe were times that he was in love with them but like if you have this expectation of love being like what's described to us in the movies and media and like people who Mm -hmm. romanticize things then like you're gonna always think that like no this isn't quite right because it's not perfect and i'm not like throwing up unicorns and rainbows every three seconds because i'm just so full of joy and love (laughs) i just can't stand it it's like love is a much more grounded feeling than that (laughs) like you get you get the unicorns but like only sometimes R&B, commercial, R&B music videos have taught me it, you need to be like kissing in the rain or something. Oh, that's, yeah. Yeah. That's dramatic, right? 1990s, like hand grabbed to the camera or like I'm standing above the camera. <laughs> <laughs> that's love. It's even love. That was the 90s. <laughs> yeah. I, I, so I think um, I, I, uh, in terms of the wasting my time, part i've never heard uh, a gentleman a, a guy say that like you're just wasting my time that's always like the lady response broad uh statement but um yeah i i guess i just i find that interesting that we still use it because in my head when i think of that normally what comes to mind is like i have a certain set period of time and if if this relationship doesn't lead to my ultimate goal it's a waste of time which like i get the concept of that but just we're not like not every relationship involves having kids or or even the ability to have kids so it just it feels odd to me when we still use that mm-hmm. um like if you're two people in their 60s and you date for like t- five years are you saying you're wasting my time are you not allowed to use that then because you're not you can't have kids like i just i just i don't know it just it feels like a saying that probably should be kind of phased out slowly Mm. um i just think think it's maybe 
you, if you're doing the upfront work, you know, before the relationship, hey, this is what I'm looking for. This is kind of what I've considered in my life where I think I'm headed. If you've done the upfront legwork of self-reflection and you're openly talking about that as you're looking to establish a relationship and you're saying, hey, upfront, these are my must-haves, let's say, and these are my deal-breakers. It would be nice, at least, if the other person is realistic about that. to be like, oh, wait, you mentioned that's the deal-breaker. Okay, cool. This probably won't work out. You know, walk away. That's an ideal world. I don't think it happens 90% of the time. Mm-hmm. But... <laughs> It's just it's just kind of sucky to be like, hey, I went into this relationship. Here's a kid. I, I have one. I can't you know, do anything about that, obviously. This, mm-hmm. is, this is a package deal, right? And then to turn around four years later to be like, actually, like, yeah, the thing you told me way back in the beginning, I actually like that's the reason this isn't working out. Nothing I've learned since then. You know what I mean? It's, and which I'm sure. I'm sure there's way more to the relationship. It's you know, probably not that cut and dry. But mm-hmm. it's just disappointing to see right. you know you try to be open you try to communicate in the beginning to be like hey this is where my head's at this is where i'm headed if this is not even headed in that direction please just don't waste my time yeah and i wonder so much about that mm-hmm. because i could see if you're i don't know I, I think most people tend to say like i probably wouldn't date someone who already has kids just because it's kind of it feels like you're jumping like 10 steps ahead and like it, it becomes serious quicker because you're kind of like trying Naturally. out a parent role alongside trying to get to know this person. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if with like Jose and this lady, like maybe it was a thing where he was like, I don't, I wouldn't necessarily like seek out someone who already had children, but I'm open enough to the idea to try it out and then just kind of never reevaluated until suddenly it was like, oh, wait, is this actually what I want? You know, because it's mm-hmm. like, I think mm-hmm. it's one thing to like know what you want and be able to articulate that. And it's another to actually like see how things play out and try to like mm-hmm. play it by ear a little. And True. yeah, I mean, like the children, like they were never, it doesn't sound like they were ever a surprise. Like they were always there from the beginning. So mm-hmm. it, I think that's the hard and mature and adult stuff that has to happen. Those conversations where it's like real talk. Is this something you're actually willing to put in the time for and make this work? Or is this going to always be an issue for you if they're like, cause didn't he like use some sort of phrasing, like raising someone else's kids. So it was like, I don't, yeah. I, like the, yeah. the idea of that being that like, because they're not biologically my children, it doesn't feel like, they're completely mine or like I can't fully be their parent or something. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's just, you know, I I feel like a lot of people have varying opinions on this, whether it's I'm okay stepping into someone else's, um, you know, parent role or like being a step parent here. Some people, it changes with age, you know, maybe younger me is like, no. And then older me is like, I wouldn't mind, you know, life happens. So I wouldn't, but that sucks. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. I, so I, this is going to sound like a defense of Jose. General, I'm not feeling him on this show, so it really isn't. This is more like the general concept of it. But I think if we're being completely honest, 
I feel like we've all done things where like you understand what you're getting into. And then once mm-hmm. you're in it, you're like, oh, this isn't for me. Like mm-hmm. in my head, I, I kind of think to um, previous seasons, we've had people who said, oh, I don't mind if the person isn't religious. But then once they were together, they're yeah. like, oh, you know what? This mm-hmm. is something I really care about. Right. I thought mm-hmm. I didn't care, but I actually do. That's true. I mean, that's religion. Now imagine 22 years of someone like raising kids together. Like I could, he said it in a crappy way. It felt crappy, but I get how you could get to that point. I understand that. It's just, does that realization really dawn on you after four years? Like that's a long time to be like Mm -hmm. a substitute parent is maybe how he saw himself. Is like this, you know, like it just seems like that would have been a realization that could have happened earlier, but maybe they weren't ready mm-hmm. to or whatever. I don't know. It's, I feel like I'm being super judgy on this. So it feels gross to talk about because I've never been in the situation. I think it's also one of those things of you don't, I think it's really hard to know what you actually want until you experience either the thing that right. you want or a thing True. that you really don't want. Like you can have this yeah. idea in your head of like, like all these folks who are on the show, this is my list of things that I want want in a partner. And some of those might be based off of like, oh, this is the opposite trait of the shitty ex I had. <laughs> and other things might just be like, this is what I imagine to be the perfect partner yeah. without having actually experienced that. Like the whole be careful what you wish for thing. It's like, maybe mm-hmm. you get it. Then what happens? Mm-hmm. What if that's not actually what you thought you needed? And then what happens yeah. next? And I mean, you're absolutely right. You have to go through things to learn them. And unfortunately, that sometimes means hurting somebody else while you go through that, which really sucks Mm -hmm. because a lot of relationships are like that, right? You know, one person is always more experienced or more like aware of something about themselves in relationship than the other person. So there's always someone learning something and it doesn't feel good to be... I would put it almost used in that situation be like, oh, like, I'm glad I could help you. You know, bye. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. It, it sucks. And I'm sure we've all been there in some form or fashion. I just, I just feel bad for the girl he was with because obviously she's had, you know, well, and I don't like, I'm, I'm not going to assume anything about how the baby, like the, the relationship with the baby's father, but like, obviously she's had some sort of like, I don't want to call her breakup because again, I don't know the, the situation, but you know what I mean? Like that, mm-hmm. quote, that sort of like someone came and left right in their, yeah. in their life. Yeah. Um, and now you have someone else, Jose came for four years into this in woman's life, came and left. Um, and it's kind of crummy to be that person that has to go through. Okay. I'm helping you learn about something about yourself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You didn't know you were Yoda all along. You you thought they were their partner. (laughs) Instead, Mm -hmm. you were like bestowing wisdom on them that would dawn on them and then they would leave. Mm -hmm. I just, Mm -hmm. again, I don't, I, this feels weird to me. Like this is always, I don't, it just sometimes it it feels like something that we say because everyone always says that. So then it's a thing you say and like no one puts any, like, I'm assuming she could have learned stuff about herself too in that relationship. You know, I just, mm-hmm. yeah, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm picking on that small little point, but I just, I find it odd that we keep on. Yeah. It's not 
it's just a general thing that I've heard so much, so often. Like I've heard people who have been in relationships for a very long time, like 20 something years. And like, he just wasted my time. I'm like, I, what does that mean at that point? You've been together for that long. I mean, I would see the wasting time thing to the way I read that. Is it meaning there maybe was a point where the other person knew that this wasn't for them mm-hmm. and they still continued. And then that's where oh. it becomes shitty. Yeah. Like if, if Jose that whole entire time really was figuring out if he was comfortable playing the role of a stepfather and being with this woman and doing Fair. it, you know, forever, whatever they wanted their relationship to look like. That's one thing. If year two, he was still on the fence about like, I don't know, it feels weird to be fathering mm-hmm. and you know, being a father to these other children and being this like joining this existing sort of family structure. And then he didn't bring those feelings up to her to at least talk about that's when it's a problem, I think. Exactly. Because then you're knowingly kind of staying around and like kind of leading the other person on a little bit without giving them all the information. So then when you do choose to leave, then it's like, well, we could have had this conversation a while ago and I wouldn't have had to like put in this emotional energy. I don't think it's mm-hmm. like the entirety of the relationship though. That was like a waste. That's mm-hmm. a good point. Okay. Cause that's what you're saying, Agu. She probably did take, you know, some things away from herself. I feel like we all learn about ourselves in relationships. Um, but I think to Ashley's point, when it's no longer serving both of the individuals, you know, it's like, okay, mm-hmm. when when should it end versus when does it actually end? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like she probably yeah. learned how to budget on a whiteboard from Jose. <laughs> she probably learned to check her credit score every three seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Which ironically makes your credit score worse. Okay. If you're, yeah, okay. yeah. I'm joking, Goo. Right. No, you're not wrong. You're wrong. You're not wrong. Like, if he was checking it a certain way. Um, yeah. I'm turning it to Jose. Oh, Lord. Let's see your yeah. whiteboard. So there's I a right pro- way for, you know, no, there's no right way, but. <laughs> but it's look this. at my amazing house. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like every time, just, I, I give so much kudos to people who have kiddos and are in re- like going into relationships because that is, that's tough. That's really, really tough. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like I would, I would have a very hard time with that. And, um, because all the things you highlighted, like you don't want to feel like you're just in this child's life and then gone, mm-hmm. especially like we're going to get attached to, the plants that we have around the house. Like I would for sure get attached. And then now it's like, do you even want to be in this relationship or do you just want to be the father to this child? Like it's just, but the kiddo gets attached too. And the kiddo gets attached and just, it's a whole, yeah, it's a whole thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I just, I I hope a part of me wishes that like, he was just saying that because he didn't want to say he was in love. But like, I just, I don't believe you were just, you're in a relationship with four years with this person. You were a father. Like, I just, I can't, I'm having a hard time believing the entire time they were saying, I like you very much to each other. That just doesn't seem true to me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I also think that's maybe where 
we would learn if it's wasting her time or not. Because let's say he actually was like all in this whole time. He had some form of love, but he's not calling it in love with her versus if he was never actually in love with her if the whole time he probably could have figured out he wanted he didn't want to be you know fa- stepfather to this kid i think that's a very different narrative right how the relationship mm-hmm. could have gone which we obviously don't know we can only speculate right would you two i mean i know you're both <laughs> engaged without kids but <laughs> like could you imagine yourself in a situation how could you picture being maybe like a step parent to someone's Ooh. kids it's tough that's tough I think mm-hmm. because it's like not only the child or children that you're kind of getting to know and like kind of entering into this weird sort of parental, pseudo parental relationship with while you're still dating mm-hmm. the like parent. But then just <laughs> as a child of divorce, <laughs> like it gets complicated with their relationship with the ex and if the ex is like still part of the kids lives and you have to be like really willing to hang with that and it can be fine like some people can kind of manage that fairly well and other times it can be like really messy and hard and Mm. i think for me if i were you know theoretically like dating and i met someone who i really liked and they had kids i would have to like have a really really good think with myself about like, am I actually ready, like agnostic of like this person and how I might feel about them based on what I know so far? Am Mm -hmm. I ready to be a parent? Because I have to be pretty okay with that if I'm going to continue seeing this person. And like this, Mm -hmm. them having children is not going to change. So can I actually do that or not? And I think I would have to be at a stage in my life where like I had already kind of wanted to have children for that to be true. And I think if that scenario were to play out, it would have to be like me later in life when that is something that I'm a little bit more focused on, but I can't Mm -hmm. imagine like, like in my early twenties or anything feeling like I could do that because I just, yeah, it's a lot of responsibility to take on. And it's also like, thinking about what's best for those kids and like, am I serious about this or not? Like, I don't want Mm -hmm. to like mess with their feelings and then potentially be leaving because I can't be that for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. What, what about you? Um, it's, it's a very complicated answer for me. I think I could be a step parent. Um, but like you said, it, you have to think about that little kid. You are gonna, you know, affect their life in some way, even if it's just like a person they knew it on one day, right? Mm. You have to think about how serious you are about it. And if this is because I'm going to assume that if we break up, I'm going to be able to get over this faster than the kiddo is, right? Because like this is still they're like learning, you know what I mean? They're learning about life. Whereas I feel like I could probably move on a little faster. Um, and I feel like it gets really hard if you do become a part of this person's life and then you decide to break up, not just like someone that you dated their parent for a few weeks, right? It's like someone where you stuck around and I'm, and I'm even getting a little emotional thinking about it. I was in a very long-term relationship with someone and I, got along phenomenally with his niece 
I still mm. think about this girl all the time. I like wonder how she's doing. Um, mm. I just like, I hope she's doing well, but like, I know it was hard. She was one of, there's another person in the family too, but like, she was one of the hardest people to like imagine. I'm, I was only breaking up with him or we like, you know what I mean? Like, I wasn't only leaving <laughs> like him out of my life. It's, I also have to realize like this, this kiddo is, it's not going to be part of my life anymore. And I, yeah. I know it affected her. Um, but it also affected me and it's just, it sucks. It sucks because I got so close to her. I saw her as another little sister of mine and like, mm-hmm. I was excited about th- seeing her grow and it just hurt so much to like, end the, you know, end that yeah. relationship when our relationship ended. Yeah. No, totally. I'm really sorry. That sucks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's been years now, but it still sucks. You know what I mean? Like, mm. you you get attached people in your life, especially those that you just like really like click with, and you can see so much like connection, and just to like have that end because of something that's completely you know has nothing to do with this person. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. I would have yeah. loved to stay in this girl's life, but I also know it gets very complicated, right? Like, I mean. Yeah, I can't. It, I can't it, it have my cake weird. too. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I can't. I can't have it all. Yeah. Um, and so, and my mom is a stepmom, and I know. Um, I I take a lot of my life lessons from her, and I I, live, I look up to her a lot. But it's not easy being a step parent. So she's a step parent to um my older brothers, and I I can see how the dynamic is very. It can be very complicated. For sure. And so you have to, and so she became a step parent to my brothers when they were like almost 10 uh, or, or like around 10. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's a very defining moment in their life because they're, they're well aware yeah. of what's going on. They're not babies right. anymore, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think I would probably, if I were to press step parent, last comment I'll say, if I, if I were to become a step parent, I think I'd prefer when they were babies just because I don't, I can like avoid a little like mess of yeah. them That's having true. their own trauma of, That's you know, true. You know? I think ironically though, that's less likely to happen because in my experience, know. people who have <laughs> like, like they know that they, it's not going to work, but when the baby's young, like you try to talk yourself into thinking yeah. like you can make it work. And it's once the kid's like 10 or 15 or something and they're like, Oh no no this is not going to work and now the the child is going to know what's going on. Um yeah, I my family that was a very big deal. Um didn't have we didn't like there wasn't any step introductions but just separation with kids that are that age or middle school or high school it's it's tough. Like it's it's yeah. it's really tricky. It's funny when you're saying first thanks for sharing the, your the niece uh story like it's i totally get that um weirdly i've had like friends who like i really like the girlfriend that they're with and then like they break up and i'm like <laughs> <laughs> Dang it. can i can i just be friends with her instead like i like you instead my man <laughs> but like she was really cool. Um, you done fucked up. Yeah, and like, that's not even a kid, right? Like, I just... That's just another um, person. Just, um, yeah, that's yeah, the same then, as this, yes. It's equal, equal this is levels. like the politics of friendship, yeah. not... Of heart. Oh, man. Children. It's, 
it's like, yeah, well, come on, but like, make it work. Like, I've legit like tried to get them to make it work. Where I'm like, this might not even be great for you, but like the friendship that I'm missing out. Um, that's hilarious. I feel but, like yeah, because that person also became a part of your life too. You know, yeah, part, yeah, part of your exactly. Yeah, why am I suffering? Because you can't get your shit together. This is unfair. Right. Um. And then in terms of the the kid situation, I, like, I, I freaking, like, taught, like, kids from, like, four to, like, ten is, like, my sweet spot. Like, it really is. kid at heart, like, the fact that everything is, like, new to them is the way I generally view life. So, like, what about this? I'm like, I don't know. Let's look this up. And then, like, now we're on Google searching stuff for hours. So, Good like, I really, like, just... I just, I could see, so to answer your question about how that would affect me, I think that's part of the reason why I was very adamant on trying to avoid that because I know that I'm going to get attached. And mm. it just, that's like, I, you kind of want to make sure you're with the, the person for the right reason, not necessarily their kids. And I, as weird as that sounds, I feel like that would happen to me. Like I would be so attached and like, just you're getting to mold this person and getting to uncover their personality and mm -hmm. and like you said to be pulled away from that it would be it'd be very difficult um it also other thing it reminds me of i've heard of stories where like the couple breaks up but like the parents still liked said person said ex so they'll like mm -hmm. still talk to them and like still have a relationship with them oh man and it's like how weird <laughs> that'd like be hard said, you get attached to a person that would be hard for me yeah if like my my parents oh like, eh, that we don't be... know about you but you made me think of a question when you're just um saying that so you had said um in it for the right reasons and you don't want to just you know stick around because the kid will smith and one of the is it called table talk or red circle red table oh. talk. Uh, yeah. red table yeah. talk. red table talk okay, yeah, okay. with the women um mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So in one of those conversations, he had said that he is a much better father than he is a husband. And that really struck me because I I always just like, you know, partnered the two together. Like if I'm thinking about having a family, I'm thinking about being a wife and a mother. If I'm thinking about a partner, I'm thinking about a husband and a father. And it struck me because I, I never really thought about like one could be better at the other. Mm -hmm. Oh, my, this is going to be personal, but my dad was that. Like, yeah. He was an amazing father. Like yeah. the is. best. Sorry, is. <laughs> but not from what I like now as an adult viewing their relationship. I was like, oh, that might not have it wasn't the best relationship. So yeah, it's it's very weird. I think it's Yeah, to your point, I think it's like the idea of nurturing. So you think, oh, that works for all relationships, but there's a different type of I think nurturing and care that happens with a child mm -hmm. or a young adult than it does with a, like one is your, well, and hopefully is your equal. Like you want to view them as your equal. You want to view them as um your partner. But with a kid, you're, they're a child. So you're, you're teaching them. You're, so I think at least for my dad, he's great at teaching and giving lessons and, and giving real life examples of things where 
if you ha- if you're doing that to your partner, then it's like you're being preachy to me. Like I know all these things. Don't. Well, that's the so difference. I think okay. That's the. Yeah. That's that was the difference there. Yeah. Well, I think like the dynamics of a partnership are very different when it's only you and your partner versus you and your partner as parents to children. <laughs> True. You know, so yeah. like there's like stages of it where you have to accept that like the dynamics of the relationship are likely to change if you're now like raising little humans <laughs> and like mm-hmm. trying to negotiate like all of the work that goes into that and like what are the things that we actually want to teach them and are we on the same page about those things and like all of that stuff is like a whole other mm-hmm. ball of wax that is true. like a new thing to negotiate and so i don't know it also makes me think of like i think nowadays more than ever we're getting a little bit more comfortable with the idea of families don't have to look exactly like they did and like leave it to beaver times <laughs> i was like mom dad little boy little girl and then you know we're all in like our picket fence with the golden retriever like mm-hmm. family systems are they can be anything that works. Mm. We just kind of have mm. to be, I think, honest about like what we're what works and like what is within our skill set, what's within the skill set of the people that we love. And like you can kind of negotiate any of that. Like mm. I think it's it's all up to us to decide for ourselves what works best. And that might not look exactly like the perfect family structure that we're taught to believe is the only way to do things. Mm-hmm. That's true. Also, I, th- I feel like there are TV shows about this, right? Where like friends decide they're going to just co-parent together or something. I don't know like about that. TV shows, but I've I've seen stuff about that of people who are yeah. just decide that like they want to have a, a kid and they haven't met anybody yet, and so they just decide to be a single parent and set up their life so that they can do that in a sustainable way. And, mm-hmm. you know, friends and their siblings or coworkers, whatever, become like auntie and uncle and, you know, like kind of other mm-hmm. kind of parenting figures who are just adults in the kid's life who help raise them. And it's it's like a community of people. And that's that's what a family is. It's just that you're related by blood, but you can also create those structures for yourself and that's totally fine and up to you <laughs> of like how you want to do that. And I think that's very liberating to think about things that way where it's like less rigid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's your less pressure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like less pressure to like mold. Right. Right. Like mm-hmm. there's so many mm-hmm. different ways to get the kind of outcomes that we want for ourselves. Like right. there really is to, a lot more exactly. yeah, than we think that there is. Mm-hmm. Which I think is hard to like come to though, because I'm even thinking going back a little bit to the show now. Um, a lot of us think what that's supposed to look like. Like all of us have our checklist to some sort, right? Like what do we think right. is going to make us happy in life? Who do we look for in a partner? Um, what do we think we want our life to look like? And I think though, if we spend more time considering what is the end goal of this checkbox, you know what I mean? Like exactly. why do I want this? And Therefore, if I'm focused on like the end goal, then I can think about different ways to get there. Oh, I guess I didn't need a six foot man to get, you know what I mean? That's right. <laughs> to, to check that box. It's like, okay. <laughs> no, I, I really like that you said that, Mabella. It makes me think about mm-hmm. advice that I've kind of stumbled across over the years around looking for jobs and like how to think about your career and everything and figure out what you want. And like, yeah. instead mm-hmm. of thinking of, okay, what's the ideal job that I would love to have? It'd be like, look, salary of like, 
six figures and I would have unlimited vacation time and I'd have the corner office and a great car or whatever. And mm-hmm. and then you think about each of those things. Okay, like, why do you want six figures? And it's like, well, then I can buy nice things. Like, why do you want to buy nice things? And like getting to the heart of, oh, really what I want is I want financial freedom. I want a maybe a position of some sort of prestige because that that's kind of what I'm into or maybe like all those different types of things. And so when you can break it down into like, what are the needs that those are serving? You can mm-hmm. kind of reverse engineer something that could be met by a lot of different types of jobs or things outside of work that help give you that stuff. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's not like your career that you're going to get that from. Maybe you just find like a, a job that's like really consistent, but then on the side you have your own business and maybe you're like on really involved in your local community and your politics or whatever. And like you can get a, get connections that way. And it's a combination of things that meet all of the things exactly. that you want without you thinking of it so literally as I need to be a CEO to feel like I am successful mm-hmm. and like I, my needs are met and I've made it in life. And so when you break it With down like that, thing. it's like, oh, there's so many ways that I could do this and I can keep <laughs> trying it out until I find the right balance. And like, then it, the world is... It's up to you. Like you get to decide. And that's so much better than being yeah. like, oh, I don't make, uh, you know, 150 yet. <laughs> I'm a failure. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. those things don't mean anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I feel like doing that is such a big, like, it's very enlightening when you go through that checklist. Because I, I think a lot of the things that people say, it's just because we've heard people say it so many times, like the six figures thing, for example. Why is that the number, you know, like I, right. I, with how expensive things are or certain places with cost of living, six figures means nothing if you're out in Cali, you know, like, like versus if you're in Kansas <laughs> or middle of Idaho, like it just even things like that. Or uh, I recently read that uh, the stereotype that mice like uh, cheese is actually not that true. Like they prefer sweet things. <gasps> Did Big like, Cheese tell cheese us this? If it's available, but they're like, yeah, I prefer sugar and candy and whatnot. Damn. Big Cheese to tell us this. You're right, Ashley. It's really pulled the wool over. Big Dairy. <laughs> together. Big Dairy all along. <laughs> I don't know what that made us do as consumers that they wanted, but it's still I mean, obviously the, you got milk. The you got milk ads. Definitely got us, like, at least for me, I thought I was going to be like, that was needed to grow and be massive. <laughs> like, I know. You can get that nutrition from many other things yeah. that are actually probably Oh, yeah. For My you. dad would have us drink a glass of milk with our dinner every single night. So to the point where, like, now I, like, drink milk fairly freely because I'm so used to she it. Does. But I remember oh, at okay. one point he was like... I like, was a kid and I come into the kitchen. He's like looking at the milk jug and he's like, you know, I read this article that like drinking milk all the time, like isn't necessarily the healthiest thing that there's a lot of like sugar in it or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to stop drinking it though. <laughs> I was like, okay, <laughs> I guess we're already just in that. our ways. Okay. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. But it's so yep. interesting how those ideas, like it's really the mm-hmm. first idea that gets into our heads. And then you hear like maybe a revision to that. And it's so hard to believe the next the revision, like you get stuck on what the original thing is. And then yep. we're just kind of following all these impulses blindly. And we can't, mm. I don't know, human nature is crazy. How in the world is my job marketing? Like, how did this happen? Because like, 
it's weird because you're right. Like that's that's I love going through like the thing where like oh you're supposed to do two thirds of your salary on the diamond for your oh hell no like that wasn't what? an ad that no one that, thought that about. was like a you gotta explain it. oh the the saying so there's like a saying that you're supposed to spend a certain amount of your uh, annual salary on engagement ring oh yeah um, that's stupid. Oh gosh, I'm gonna. No, have to he's look gonna this look up. it up. <laughs> I thought it was like three months salary, four months. I thought it was three months. Yeah, I think it was like three months salary. Um, That's yeah, not- I think it was three months salary. But that was like an ad from a jewelry company. Okay, like back when they had posters, like that was their main way they would do that. So even back then, like that. A three months salary back then is very different from now and just it doesn't well, proportionally track, that's still an insane amount of money to spend on like exactly. a little piece of jewelry that mm-hmm. is supposed to be more about yeah. a relationship than the things that one person can provide based on their societal status mm-hmm. <laughs> unless your love language is gifts then i would say, yeah. you, know. <laughs> you know who like i feel like all the ads that have been directed to her from like tiffany Aww. and all the expensive places are landing very well. Yes. So um, <laughs> they went to dinner at this restaurant, Gil and Mirla. And he asked her, why did you bring me to this restaurant? And she says, oh, this Instagram influencer posted a photo of herself with this champagne bottle or champagne glass. And the drink was called, uh, or it was a pretty drink. And that's what she said. And it was called Chanel number no. six. She goes, I have to go uh. for this drink. So he was like, okay. uh, did you consider, he literally said, you consider if I would have liked this. Um, he also said in reply to that, did you get the drink because of the name? And she goes, absolutely. So it was, if it was called knockoff number four, would you have tried it? She goes, no. And, oh but like, God. I mean, I, I can't, you know, girls who she is. She likes nice things. She likes the appeal of them. She um, likes to spend on herself, and she likes to have that lifestyle. Girl can also afford it, so you do you. You know yourself, your love languages, how do you express them? Follow your, you know, follow your intuition. Be who you are. Mm-hmm. But like, that's that's her. That's one person. That's that's not me. That's clearly not us three on this call. <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Speak for yourself, okay? I'm all about my designer. What all about that about? Gucci. This so you're is Gucci. you going to be <laughs> rocking. <laughs> I mean, we're getting married on a legitimate farm, so <laughs> that gives you... Okay, it, they make cider. Oh, I love okay? the place. Alcoholic cider. Let's, uh, I'm just there are no saying. That is so Michigan. <laughs> it is very yes, it Michigan. Is. Yes, it is. It is very, very Michigan. <laughs> Yeah. Seeing this, like, there's, like, cows and sheep just going around. No, no, it's a classy park. everywhere. It's solar-powered. Gosh. <laughs> solar power. Oh, that's so yeah. Cool. Yeah, they're really great. They're, like, all about sustainability. Anyways. <laughs> Are we going to do an app for them right now? Our, our venue <laughs> for, like, the whole entire day. Very excited about them. Hmm. Um, what were we talking about? Oh, yeah. With, with Mirla and her lifestyle. I think that's the thing, though, Mabel, is I think you're right she can have whatever preferences she wants. She can even be like pretty aware of the fact that the, that branding and marketing has a heavy influence on her and like still choose to let it influence her. And that's fine. My question is, how is this going to work with Gil then? <laughs> Cause he doesn't care about those things. 
Like it does. Nor could he afford nor could he it. Afford it. Like, and so like, it's just wouldn't it be life. better if she were just with someone who yeah. were, who had a similar worldview exactly. about that stuff, which like, isn't bad. Like, I think mm-hmm. they're trying to paint it as like Gil, once again, Gil is the reasonable man. He's a firefighter. He has muscle. He's reasonable. He's logical. And then we have Mirla who is like, superfluous and is all about like money and appearances and status and Instagram pictures of herself on her bathroom wall. And isn't that terrible that Mirla's this way and Gil's going to come in and fix her. And hasn't he been like ruined by being paired with this lady? And it's like, no, I think they're just not paired. Well, they have different values. Like they have different Mm -hmm. values about what kind of life they want to live. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. It's just like, why are they together? Right. Right. I think it's the assumption that she doesn't know what she wants and therefore she needs to be taught mm-hmm. what is actually right because Gil knows how it should be. It's, it's so, so condescending. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I, I think you guys, you said it perfectly. I don't know what else I do. This is just personally, I find it interesting. Let's say she found a gentleman who was able to afford that. If he could do that, but he doesn't have anything else that you want, is that, is that enough? Like, that's where I, that's where I go. And I know that's unfair, but like, if I'm, if I'm able to afford the Chanel and all this stuff, but then I'm an awful person, if you're okay with that, like, that's good for everyone, but just, it just, it feels icky to me mm-hmm. when that, when you put so much emphasis on mm-hmm. that, um, I don't know. I don't know. So much emphasis on any one thing, right? Like, it doesn't have to be money, but just so much emphasis on one trait, characteristic, or checkbox. It's like, mm-hmm. what about everything else that makes the whole person? Right, right. And that I am curious about that. Is is the sort of lifestyle aspect of that the most important thing to Mirla, or does that have to be paired with you know some other requirements about the person in general? Of like, I, I'm trying to recall what kind of person she asked for, what she's looking for, mm-hmm. you know, but I would assume that she was listing some characteristics that are about how the person actually is. And, you know, it's not all about the appearance of wealth and being extravagant and all of these things. But um, I don't know. It's interesting. I'm still just a little lost on how mm-hmm. how the expert the experts expected them to work together because their dynamics are quite different and she's difficult to kind of we we talked about this a little bit i think before we started recording but like it seems like she wants to be chased a little bit despite Mm -hmm. them being married already and so i think mabel you said you felt like she kind of you could tell that she kind of liked his pursuits but she wasn't um still was still being very resistant like the whole foot rub thing or whatever like you can maybe tell it like she likes that he's trying but then the actual things it's like she can't not be critical of in some way it always has to be something which i just think maybe this is me assuming on her it just seems a little immature to me like i've never been one who really likes the games or the chase or like i'm gonna pretend that i'm not into it because i gotta play hard to get like whatever it's annoying to me and to kind of see that a little bit in her of like "Mm, no you have to earn all of this and you have to literally earn every little piece okay 
you're being a little too much. Just like relax a little bit. Right. Yeah. But you know, if she finds a person who I'm, I'm, I lean more towards your sensibilities mm-hmm. on that because like, it's like, what, this is a video game. Okay. Can I just, can I put in a cheat code and buy you Chanel and now we're good? Is, is that all <laughs> I need to do? Like cheat code unlocked. But I wonder, um, but there are some people who, I don't know. I feel like I've dealt, there's people I've dealt with in my life where like, you can tell when they're bored, they need like something to go on with their relationship. So they have like something to, like they need a little bit of drama in their life. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if like, this is like the, it's like, oh, I have to play hard and do all these like different things and blah, blah, blah. And, and maybe it seems like he's enjoying it because... I think that was in this episode where he's like, he's falling for her. Like they haven't even had a kiss yet and he's falling for her. So Lord have like, she'll just like look at him and he'll be like, I love you. Like somehow this seems to be working. So I mean, good for y'all, I guess (laughs) live your life. Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) Well, okay. Let's hop over to Zach and Michaela. They had a very interesting bee analogy conversation, <laughs> which I great, cannot great get over. <laughs> As you know, I love analogies very much, but his felt a little bit like unexplored, I think, in the way, in the way that he was kind of presenting how their relationship worked. Uh, Mabel, do you mind giving us a recap of what this analogy was about the bees and reading and the tree and, and this whole thing? Sure. So, Zach... Once upon a time. <laughs> Everybody settle in. Get your little right. blanket. Story time. <laughs> so, Zach said he used this analogy to describe their relationship. The marriage is this book that he wants to read. And he is so excited about reading this book. He is so excited to turn the pages and see where it goes. And so he finds this tree to nestle into and get settled and start reading the book. But he's sitting in this tree and a bee comes and stings him. He's like, oh, that's annoying. Oh, well, I'm going to keep reading. He keeps reading and the second bee comes by, stings him. And he's like, okay, this is kind of getting annoying. What the heck? But I want to keep reading this book. I'm really excited to see where this book takes me. I'm going to sit here and keep reading this book. But a third bee comes by and stings him again. Now he's like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> I want These bees this are book. disrespectful. <laughs> oh, no. But I can only assume I'm going to keep getting stung if I keep reading this book. That's his analogy. And now he is deciding, should he keep reading this book? Is this what he's supposed to be doing? And so to him, Michaela is this bee that keeps on coming up and hurting him. All of the lashes out explosion kind of like high energy uh, to quote unquote, like resolve conflict differently is a sting. How she brings out Hurricane K basically is is a Hurricane K. Dang. Mm -hmm. So like they're... The book is their relationship. He really wants to get into their relationship, but the blow-ups are the bees. Yes. It's a funny analogy. I like there's there's some holes in this. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But like I just like the idea of like him trying to read and little Michaela bees are stinging him. Like that's kind of funny to me. So I approve of this analogy. It's it's great. Let's go for it. (laughs) 
so like just her head on a bee. Well, that's the thing, though. She's not. It's not like her. It's her actions that are the bees. Mm-hmm. But then, like, so where is Michaela then in this analogy? Because he's only really talking about like him and then the relationship and then her feelings about it. But like, what part of mm-hmm. it is her? And so mm-hmm. I, I just. I don't know. It sounds like their whole thing is, I think he brings this up as like they have different conflict resolution styles. So the way that they actually deal with something when it comes up in the moment is quite different. That like she'll like kind of have to like process it right away and like let out all her big feelings. And that might be in like a very big way that's like very dramatic and like a big bang. And then once that's kind of released, then she can kind of chill out and like it's she's let that go. Where, like, his style really isn't that way at all. No. And so, I, what do you do when you have those two? <laughs> those two resolution styles? Because that's not... Yeah. They're not meeting each other in the middle at all, right? You know, they kind of remind me of Jamie and Beth. Mm-hmm. In the sense that, like, it felt like they both have similar conflict resolution styles of they just go at each other when they're angry and then they calm down and are fine afterwards where I think I can speak for my myself here. I'm probably more on the conflict avoidance side of like, I would much rather be, I'd much rather prefer time to think and then have a conversation where if I had a person pull a, a Beth on me and they're just like throwing stuff on the table. My instinct isn't going to be, let me throw other stuff on the table. My instinct <laughs> is going to be like, this bitch is crazy. I need to leave. <laughs> and like, that's not necessarily, that's not fair because yeah. the, that person might have a rightful reason to be throwing stuff on the table and whatnot. So I kind of get, what he was trying to say. Like, I think that's a perfect way of summarizing their differences is she just, she likes to kind of get it out at the moment, you know, no shade. That's, that's totally cool. But you can tell that like, he just gets nervous. He just, just, he's over talking. He's not, he won't let her talk in those moments. Like it's just, he's like short circuiting every time that happens. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, well, it's overwhelming, I, I think, can see that. to be on the receiving yeah. end yeah. of something like that, if that's not something that you have experience in. Like, that's probably how I would react, the way that he is, because my, I mean, just, I think we get a lot of that stuff from, like, our sort of family systems and what you're used to in, like, a home environment, and then by extension, your past relationships and, like, how conflict was resolved and, like, our, like, family just operates in the subtleties <laughs> of like, you're never going to have someone might hate your guts, but they're never going to get in your face and tell you that you'll hear about it through mm-hmm. like your third cousin who sees you at the grocery store. <laughs> like <laughs> It's not going to be like that, you know? So someone being yeah. like that passionate <laughs> in your face and like mm-hmm. very mm-hmm. raw with their emotions would be very disarming. It would be like, no, this isn't how we do things. This isn't like how we manage this stuff. And so I could totally get that, like just wanting to it to be done and be like, I, I guess my my thinking is like, how do you then, how do you de-escalate that in a way where you can get to a point where you can just have a talk about it and be like, look, 
I'm not mm-hmm. going to, we, we're not going to ever get where we need to be when we're doing it this way. So how do we like understand both of our instincts and find a different way to come back together? Cause this is not it. And so mm-hmm. like yeah. part of that is like Michaela in this example, like maybe she has to, even when she's feeling big feelings and wants to let them go in his face. And that's the way that feels like it has to go. She has to put, like process that by herself that like it's not okay anymore to do that at him because he's saying that's not okay so then she has to Mm -hmm. self-direct and like believe in the relationship enough to to do that and like make that really hard pivot to like i'm feeling a big thing i need to go by myself and like use some other coping mechanism to get through this and then he has to like be able to be super empathetic and communicate well with her that like, I appreciate you doing that. Now let's talk about this. I want to understand what you're feeling, where you're coming from in a way that we can actually discuss it and get to the bottom of something. But like, that's a lot to ask for people who are already on like a rocky foundation in a relationship who only have been together a couple Mm -hmm. of weeks, Mm -hmm. who like did this huge commitment to each other in front of a bunch of family. Like, Mm -hmm. Oh, that's, that's, that's a lot. It's <laughs> a lot. And it's also assuming yeah. that like yeah. they want to. You know what I mean? Because exactly. Some people find that, you know, that Beth and Jamie dynamic where it's like, yeah, go ahead, lash out. I don't really care. I'll right. lash out back at you. I'll just walk away and be like, okay, come back when you're ready. You know, like some people can handle that very well. And some people can handle, you know, Zach's conflict resolution where very well. It's like, okay, ignore me, you know, give me like I have no idea what it's like, okay. Some people can handle both very well. Some people are willing to be like, mm, you know what? I can, I can change. I can adapt. Let's see. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's a great way of saying it. I, I, so with them in particular, I don't see it. I, I think they, yeah. I just, I get the feeling that he views that as almost childish, like yeah. tantrum like mm-hmm. way. And that once you start viewing your partner as childish, it's, it's hard. It's really, really hard to turn that off, especially since the way he just like, it seems like in his head, he wants to have like this power couple thing and not him parenting his partner. So if that's your viewpoint, if you think they're childish, that's it's, it's over. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, I, I, I do think. I don't think it's fair to point her as a villain though either. And I know we're not saying that, but I've, I've been reading a lot of people who are just like, just kind of focusing on Michaela on that. And I, I really think that's just, she just needs to be with a person who also views relationships in that way, a conflict, dealing with conflicts in that mm-hmm. way, because I could get the appeal of, I like to deal with it in the moment. Like it's that stereotype about like guys fight it out and then they're fine while girls <laughs> will stew on it. Like I, I get the appeal of, all right, we dealt with it. We, we blew up. Now it's all gone. Where like my type of conflict avoidance tends to linger because you're thinking about it. And that could be frustrating and annoying to some people. So no, like I totally get how that would be uh, just difficult. Um, it kind of reminds me of, so I like to like joke and, and make jokes about people and, and, 
And typically because of that, like they'll throw jokes back and you kind of have this like jokey situation. Every once in a while I have a person who just doesn't know how to throw jokes back. So like, then you joke about them, you joke about them and they don't say anything. Then it feels like you're picking on them. So then you're Mm -hmm. like, Oh, I got to stop. Or you joke, joke. And then they'd like throw a joke back. That's like hella personal. (laughs) And you're just like, Oh, that was unnecessary. (laughs) It's like, like, Oh, haha, your, your dog is 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 really funny and then they'll joke like i will kill you and it's like no 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 these aren't equal jokes like we need like you gotta Gotta match the joke level yeah yeah um i guess i'm thinking of like winston from (laughs) from new girl uh, new girl oh his where like his pranks are either like i'm gonna hit her in the throat with the way too light winston (laughs) or like i'm gonna put a feather in her shoe (laughs) like it's too much or too little (laughs) <laughs> yeah that just feels like their argument like she's either like too much or too mm-hmm. little that there's like no middle ground yeah but there are people who are like that and mm-hmm. she just i think she'd do well with that type of person and even in their conversation they just seem to be on two completely different pages i understood his analogy even though i think there are a lot of like holes in it but I get like the point he was trying to make of like, hey, I'm trying, but there's things coming up that are bothering me and making me consider if I should even be in this relationship or not. Um, mm-hmm. But to her point too, she she just frustrated me in that in her response. She basically just said, "Why is the bee stinging you? Go look at the hive. You're triggering me. So this is why I've been stinging you. Um, you need to look at what you're doing to cause the stings." And she just like 180 flipped back everything onto him and said you've been causing my lashing out and i i saw that as a red flag because i personally don't um think that's a very healthy like self-aware way to handle a situation i think that's very avoidant and like i've seen it in other people too and i just don't think it plays out very well because it's a way to blame the other person and okay, you can also say that Zach was kind of like blaming her because if he's just sitting there alone in the tree, not doing anything, like what am I possibly doing to cause this? Um, the bees are just coming over to sting me. Mm-hmm. So I can see maybe they're like both blaming each other. Um, but then I will say the last thing that like, she's like, I was like, I'm done with this conversation. Um, so Zach then asked, he's like, let me know, what am I doing wrong? Okay, how am I causing this? How can I fix this? What, what's the solution? She says, you can talk to me. I was like, wait, what do you think is happening right now? <laughs> oh, no. That's the trump card to play in an <laughs> argument. Like, you, we just don't communicate enough. And it's like, well, I'm like, there's no way you can beat that argument. It's, it's, it's solid. So mm-hmm. I appreciate her throwing that out there. <laughs> um, yeah. That's hard. It was just annoying. Like, they, they did not seem to understand each other at all. And maybe that gets back to your, both of your points of like, this is just not their way of coming together because neither of them can really get like to meet in the middle for the other person because they even from that conflict resolution conversation you could tell they were just not budging they could not come they could not meet Mm -hmm. yeah and i wonder if she's really able to articulate exactly what she needs like that can be hard too it's like like, imagine if you, like, broke your leg and you were, like, trying to go through physical therapy and stuff. And it's like, you're like, oh, uh, my friend invited me to go hiking or something. But I think I can do that, right? But then you get there and then there's a lot more hills than you expected. And you're like, oh, nope, that's not what I can do. But before you thought you could go for a hike and it would be fine. But you found out along the way, this ain't it. 
And so they ask, okay, what kind of activities can you do? And you're like, I don't know. <laughs> I can mm-hmm. maybe try some yeah. stuff. Like maybe we could go to the movie theater, but maybe you go there mm-hmm. and then sitting in those chairs is uncomfortable too. So you just have to keep trying stuff, right? And so you have to, I think the the skill there is being able to just keep trying stuff. Not You're never really going to know exactly what what it is that's going to work. Like maybe you find out that swimming is actually perfect, but you wouldn't have known that until you tried it. To you know, something that you could do. So true. I don't know. It's better on your joints. Better on your joints, right? <laughs> it's good exercise. Yeah. You know, I, also when you're giving that analogy, I was thinking about Jose, and you know, his he started the he started the hike, and then he realized these kids can't do it. Four years later, into the hike, and then he keeps going on the hike, and then is like, bye. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can't judge Zach and his analogy because mine are garbage. This is awful. <laughs> I'll, I'll back off. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, that's just moral the of the story. Hard part. Don't give analogies on Marina First Sight because we will tear into you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> it's helpful though because right, like that explains how he's really thinking about it. Yeah, of like he sees himself as this like neutral, positive, more positive figure who's just trying to do his best, and that all these little things are trying to stop him from from doing the thing that he wants to do so badly Mm -hmm. when like really their relationship is more like they're i guess using hiking again they're just going on a hike together and they have to work together to get around different obstacles right like that's it of like can i lift you over this boulder thing and you can you pull me over it can Mm -hmm. we you know swim across the river or can you build a boat so we can get across because i can't swim and then other times I'll help you with something that you can't do. Like, that's really more what it is. And it's like, they're not, mm. they're seeing it very much as a, as an individual who this a relationship is happening to. <laughs> and that, unfortunately, and that's not, that's yeah. not really what's happening. Actually, if I could kind of build off of that, I, I wonder if it's more like he's reading the book. He got stung by the first bee and now he's frustrated while reading the book. Mm. Where like hmm. you're still in it, yeah, you're still trying to read, but you're now coming at it from a different aggravated you're not putting your all into it. And you're just gonna be passive. The book can feel that. Maybe but the relationship, you can feel that. You can feel when a person isn't like giving their all, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. And and I there's no way you can tell me she doesn't feel that right now. Like I'm sure she's picking up on that and also, there's that whole thing of like, you should be grateful. I'm still in this type of feeling that's not, it's not helpful to anyone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'm going to try to use this as a smooth transition to talk about Brett and Ryan. What's her name? Ryan. <clears throat> Brett and Ryan. Damn. That was a smooth was ass so transition smooth. right there. <laughs> it was going to be. Then I forgot their names as usual. Um, but uh, so before we were recording, uh, Mabel, you were mentioning the the game that she put together, right? Where it was like all the different, it was a Jenga and had this card of all the things that she found uh, that she liked about him. And it sounds like such a sweet game, but also kind of awkward because of he didn't wasn't really reciprocating. It was so sad. She thought that since they were both very competitive people, she thought of a creative way to give him compliments. 
very big Jenga game, like human size. Not, but the spin on it was that this was her way of complimenting Ryan and all the things that she's noticed about him that she likes. And every time he would pull out a Jenga piece, bring it up to the top, and it didn't fall, he would pick from a deck of cards, and each card had a piece of what she finds attractive or what she, you know, appreciates about him, etc. It could be you are a very kind person, some, whatever it is that she likes about him, a full deck of cards with that many compliments. And I thought it was the sweetest thing, just like really being vulnerable, opening yourself up to him to be like, hey, I think you are an amazing person and you may not be perfect or not, none of us are, but look at all these things I see positive in you. Yeah. And it was so cringing to watch because his demeanor, his presence was so uncomfortable. He even at one point leaned back mm -hmm. in the couch, had his arms crossed and his legs crossed mm -hmm. and was just not into it, did not mm -hmm. like what was going on. And just And Ashley, you brought up a really good point when we were talking about this before recording that... Mm, maybe some people don't receive compliments very well we don't really know the full reason he was like that but it was just i felt so bad for her because she was just like all she was trying you know. oh, she was so sweet she was so trying yeah yeah it does so. make me so curious about that because what may what that makes me think about with his body language is like obviously he was not comfortable being complimented so profusely and of course, the context of this is that it's like with a new partner and it's being recorded and he knows that everyone's mm -hmm. going to see this. Right. So True. we also saw him with his family earlier in the season. And I remember they were very critical. They are very critical of him and yeah. openly critical. Like they l literally yeah. used mm -hmm. the phrase, why can't you be normal? <laughs> Like, and not in a joking way. Like, they were mm -hmm. not chill about Even anything. in a joking way, that's a hard But think point. about that. If you were raised, if we extrapolate a little bit, and, like, this is all of my assumptions, so, like, there's just the caveat there. But imagine growing up in a family system where that, like, sort of critical attitude is the most mm -hmm. prevalent way that you hear people talking about you. You might internalize that. Mm -hmm. It might be likely that you internalize that and you believe some of those things that like, maybe I'm not mm -hmm. as good as I think. Maybe I'm not as smart as I think. Like, you know, you maybe that like affects your self-esteem as it would. Yeah. So mm -hmm. then when you receive compliments from other people, you think that since you don't think those things could possibly be true, then what does that make you think? That like, why is this other person lying to me? What are they trying to get mm -hmm. from me? Are they trying to manipulate mm -hmm. me? Are they being fake? Like, you're not going to be welcome to any of those ideas because they don't seem anywhere near Genuine. plausible to you. And like, projecting mm -hmm. a lot, if you're not, if you can't tell, <laughs> like, uh, like, that's how I could see myself feeling in that situation where it's just like, mm -hmm. what are you doing? Like, why are you doing this? And it could ironically, even though it seems like Brett is coming at this with a lot of sincerity, he could see it as her trying to play to the camera or like being like insincere or trying to like make him think something or like play some sort of mind game with him. So then he would be closed off to that. And like the deep irony of it is that like she did seem like she genuinely thought those things. So like mm -hmm. that's hard. <laughs> yeah. 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 
Or just to your point again of if he has a difficult time taking accepting compliments, which same, I'm on that train as well. Like, um, that could make him uncomfortable. And what you're describing with him folding his arm like that is someone who's guarded, but that could also be someone that's just severely uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and short circuiting and shutting down. And, um, yeah, like for a per- as a person who has a difficult time accepting compliments, I feel like my go-to is always to like throw some self-deprecating humor about me after I get a compliment. And it's like, no, all you can, all you have to say is thank you. That's it. But it's so hard. It's so, so hard to do that in a moment. Um, you look cute today. I- Damn, <laughs> good joke. You say thank you. Uh, my hat, my hat, my hat isn't the best. It's a little dirty. You can tell. See, also, live my action role play. <laughs> Not being able to accept compliments. I, I didn't really shape it up this morning, so it's a little, you know. So you're saying rough, I'm lying? But... I, I totally get that. I, in high school, I had this girl. Um, she was actually the goalkeeper on my soccer team. And well, not you, you know what I mean on, on the team I was playing on. Yeah. <laughs> What, soccer team was what, i said my soccer team when i thought about it i was like wait that's weird to say it's not my team I, i'm on the team <laughs> you were the star player okay it was your team a bunch of scrubs playing with you i'm sorry no, 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 it's just, anyways um there because i did the exact same thing i'd always be like oh but like thanks for, you know thanks for the compliment but this is dirtier it's, it yeah whatever fill in the blank and she'd be like mabel shut up take the compliment i was like oh got it okay <laughs> love the sometimes you need that kind of person in your life yeah just be like no just take it it's fine mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah we all deserve yeah. compliments it's i think it's helpful to just assume everyone has the best intentions you know just like mm-hmm. just take it you don't have to overthink it yeah. it's okay that's hard yeah it's very very hard such a great point Look at that. That was an enlightening conversation. <laughs> and we talked about them. I feel like we never talked about them. So there you go. I know. It's been fairly finally... light. With yeah. Them. They don't get a lot of screen time, too. It's kind of right. Bummer. I think that... How much of that... Is, I think it's just him. He's very reserved on camera, which I kind of get. But... It's not fun uh, to watch. Yeah. Just, you know, incorporate a little bit of Chris in your life. <laughs> You'll be okay. <laughs> Mabel's face, like what? The hell? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Blessed nothing. No, 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 no. <laughs> Everyone on Reddit refers to him now as cursed with the like S yeah, is a dollar the sign <laughs> instead of blessed because that was his little like moniker. <laughs> yeah. I just yeah. Okay, that's there's right. so I many like, spin off it. off of his blessed nickname. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, let's let's switch over to Johnny and Bao. Um, I'm just going to unabashedly say, just I have a thing I want to say about them. I want to hear what you guys think. So hentai. The- <laughs> no, I don't want to talk oh, about that. I don't. I really, really don't. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I I guess I wanted to talk about. So, like, it seems like there's overall some like second guessing that we're seeing from Johnny. Yeah with his relationship with Bao and there's, it seems like there's kind of a lot going on with them, but the, a thing that I feel like I'm picking up on with him. And I feel like you guys mentioned like a lot of the guys kind of doing too, is just being like very in their heads (laughs) about 
the whole thing, like the whole experience, their relationships. Is this right? Is this wrong? What do I do? And I think with Johnny in particular, he's doing a thing that I have done in the past and had to learn to stop doing, which is trying to think his way into feelings rather than Mm. just letting himself feel his feelings (laughs) and like kind of let go of control a little bit and just kind of pay attention to what's happening. So like, I feel like he, I don't know, the way that I guess it's shown up for me in the past is I would feel like everyone around me was like either getting in relationships or kind of at different life stages than I was. And so I had to, I felt like I had to like find someone to at least be like on my radar of like, okay, I need to at least have someone I'm like talking to. So then I don't like, I'm not just like the weird single person. And then I would try to evaluate everyone in my inner circle or like people that I knew of and just be like, who would fit the criteria of the person that I would likely be with? Not based on what I wanted, but what like I assumed that my family would want, what I assumed that my friends would find acceptable, what I thought would like look good from the outside. And like literally none of this had anything to do with like what I actually wanted or liked. I didn't even consider that as like something that was important. And so, like, this led to me getting into relationships, very brief relationships, because once I was actually in them, I was like, oh, this is 100% not the person that I want to spend any time with whatsoever. Literally dated a guy who went by Barefoot John for just a weekend because (laughs) I, like, thought my way into the relationship and then realized once we, like, started seeing each other that I did not want this at all. And, like, that is how narrow my thinking was where it was like no like this is a guy who i think that my dad would want to meet like hey he knows how to chop wood which is somehow an important like <laughs> part of this list he can like do x y he's and barefoot. Z. he's barefoot for reasons i will not get into but like it was just it's stupid oh. you end up <laughs> you just end up in like, weird <laughs> situations when you try to logic your way into these things that like just happen organically And so I feel like I see that in Johnny where he's seeing like he's having little moments with Bao where he's like, oh, she kind of when she's joyful, she acts kind of like childlike and then just ruminates on that. And he thinks about it more than he actually is like actually spending time with her and getting to know her and see what their relationship actually is like. So I'll stop my rant there. But I just once again... I feel like the theme of being able to just be present and just see what's going on enough to make a decision by decision day. Like, I don't see a lot of that happening. (laughs) It makes Mm -hmm. me really sad because it just feels like a big missed opportunity just to kind of feel things out and like not be so judgmental up front. Yeah, I I completely agree. I'm going to generalize here just for the sake of the explanation. I think a lot of times at least in this show, we're seeing guys have a, a perfect checklist, right? Like she has to be this, 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 and that, right? Otherwise it's not going to work. Instead of just being present, feeling, and it may not be a, you know, I don't know, curvy blonde, right? Just for sake of argument that works out, but think about the rest of the person, right? Um, and I think we're seeing that with Johnny play out because he's, 
in his head already envision what it's supposed to be like mm-hmm. he already knows who the perfect girl is supposed to be what the relationship supposed to play out in you know for example the painting his partner when he's doing this painting activity is not supposed to be so stressed and detail-oriented well you got bow you know like it's it's not like it's your mm-hmm. decision for how she's going to react in this situation you have an independent individual here who will act and behave how they are you know um and i think we're seeing that with a few different guys in this show and i'm just going to generalize just for the sake of this explanation um i also have some girlfriends for the sake of generalizing women here where i do this too sometimes we think about step 100 when we're only in steps one two and three we're just getting to know the guy but we've already seen oh wow he makes six figures oh wow he's six foot um oh wow he's he's built oh wow he has these friends and he i don't know can throw a baseball i don't know like for for the sake of um and he has a solid skill to have (laughs) he has a deep voice and like all and he has this nice car like and he he made this funny joke that made me laugh. So done. I've already figured it out. I want to marry him. And we get so devastated or like stuck in. I'm supposed to then do this because I've already decided this is my person. No, 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 no. You're dating. Take the time to get to know the person. You want to see where this goes. And who knows? Yes, this is very great right now. You don't know how long it's going to last, but just enjoy it. Be present in the moment. Let your feelings play out and see what's going to happen. I think like on both of those examples I was trying to say is that there's two different ways a lot of us decide before it's we're ready to decide. You know what I mean? We're deciding early on, yes or no, based on what we've already put in our head is supposed to happen. Instead of just being present and opening yourself up to the experience to see what could happen. Because you could be pleasantly surprised. You could be negatively surprised. Either way, it's going to be a journey you can partake in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I I wonder, I think part of me thinks, part of me thinks that that's almost like an evolutionary standpoint mm-hmm. thing where like, like, let's be honest, the, the person, your partner is going to affect so many aspects of your life. Mm-hmm. Like it, it could put you on a completely different trajectory and, you know, whether that's security and the ability to know that, Hey, if I get hit by a car tomorrow, we're not going to be destitute living on the street. Like that is a, that's, that is a, we're in America where healthcare isn't free. That is something that you have to worry about. That's something that you have to think about. And uh, you know, the jobs and things like that, I kind of view that as related to that stability. Um, or on the, the guy's side, like, again, it's going to decide how your friends view you how society views you like it's uh, there's so many times on this show where like you can tell the people feel like oh i'm successful so i need to have a woman that shows that i'm successful or else am i successful like you can tell Mm -hmm. that's a thing where when they describe all the things they want i'm like oh you want a trophy wife but not in the sense of trophy is it's a sense of this this confirms that i have made it um and uh, yeah, I, I don't know if, I don't know if that, I think part of that is just like getting to an age where you don't care about that mm-hmm. anymore. I don't even know if that's necessarily something that goes away, if I'm being honest, because like 
there's so many things where like I know like I know that I don't feel the way that everyone else feels about something mm-hmm. but because everyone else feels a certain way about it you have to constantly remind yourself that and uh, a great example would be I'm not necessarily the most religious but I have a lot of family that is so when I'm around them naturally I start to view things from that religious standpoint and I have to like remind myself oh yeah this isn't me. Like, I don't care about this. Like mm-hmm. they can, that's okay. I totally respect that. But every single time, yeah. even little things, like when something happens, you say, like, I'm so used to like, just something happens. You'd like do like a mini prayer, like very Catholic growing up. Like you don't even think about it. You're just like, let me do a quick prayer. Mm-hmm. And I don't necessarily view things in that way anymore. So that doesn't make sense. But you just you're just so programmed and raised to view things that way. And with the relationship standpoint, um, yeah, like you said, it's it's hard. Like I feel like we're there's it's it's work to get yourself to not think that way. Yeah. And even if you feel that way now, you have to remind yourself tomorrow and the day after and the day after. Um, and one day you don't, then you're gonna think like everyone else things on that so it's it's tricky it's hard because we want to know what happens right and so we want to know what the end result's going to be whether or not we end up with this person or end up with this job we want to get to like the eight ball magic eight ball like tell me and so it makes it hard to be present and that's so human right it's like we want Mm -hmm. certainty Mm -hmm. we crave certainty and like Mm -hmm. the reality is that there is no such thing (laughs) you know like everything i feel like whenever we have like the big moments in life we're reminded of how fragile our ecosystem is and how Mm -hmm. like taking away one little card in our house of cards can kind of shift everything and you have to sort of rebuild in a way that you didn't expect to and it it makes sense why we would want that and like it's also hard to let go of that control of feeling like, okay, I'm like protecting my house of cards. And like, you think if you're, it's like you made this beautiful house and it's got all the, you know, beautiful towers and everything. And you're in this auditorium or something, and there's other people building their houses all around you too. And you feel like if you just kind of like keep shuffling around it and looking around and you can like <laughs> keep anyone or anything else from hurting your <laughs> your deck of cards but really all it takes is like a little gust of wind or it takes a one person walking by and you get distracted maybe you hit it with your foot and then part of it falls down like you it's just random you can't Mm -hmm. but like you feel like if you're just like vigilant that you can control it and you can keep it safe and and letting Mm. go of that is so hard (laughs) and just letting things Mm. be and knowing that i can try as hard as i can and spend every waking moment trying to protect this and it will still be vulnerable and Mm -hmm. letting go of that (laughs) yeah it like i think that's the big lesson of life (laughs) i'm just Mm -hmm. being able to like by life jennings and it's called never neverland and there's one lyric he says the only thing that's constant is change which i know i've heard it in many Mm -hmm. um, other facets but i I I have used it many times like the great agu once said Ah, yes. Thank you. Ah, yes. Gosh. Um, I, like, like, I could get used to great a goo. That's a solid title. <laughs> All right. 
Um, yeah, like, but it, I mean, you're absolutely right. We're trying to like control every little detail and every little piece of every little story so that we can get the outcome that we want, or at least know the outcome to be so we can be ready. Mm-hmm. And oh gosh, I want to make a point though from something you made me think of earlier. Um, Agu, you were talking about success and it made me think of the concept of marrying up or of dating up. And I see that a lot and I get it. I mean, you want to be able to, Hey, if you're working on yourself, you want someone who's also worked on themselves and therefore you have this in, you know, a way trophy of, I could get this person. You know what I mean? But that's, that's very dangerous because that's, a way of also seeing yourself as less and also seeing one person as like settling, which also means that you're thinking of, could the grass be green on the other side? If you're the person, you know, quote unquote, um, who you think they're marrying up to. It's, Mm. it's just this cycle of it's never good enough. There's always something better. This isn't enough. And just being always looking towards the future again, Mm -hmm. instead of just being present and enjoying and being grateful and like, seeing things present right yeah i I, you know part of that's a great point i want to use this as a smooth transition to our other topic Mm -hmm. but before i do that the marrying up part i think i think part of that is using my experience so i've been in uh i've gotten to travel and and be in certain countries and if I'm being real, like if I was in in a certain country situation, like I feel like we have the luxury of getting to choose. Mm-hmm. And if you're in a situation where healthcare isn't free and education isn't free, being with a partner that is wealthy or comes from a stable family could literally decide if you're going to be old. Like that's literally going to decide if you're going to be able to afford your diabetes medication or whatnot. Yeah. And, and even in American history, so like, it's interesting. Most of the founding fathers were from wealthy families and a few that weren't were poor people who married a woman from a wealthy family. Like it's, it really does decide where you go, um, especially in the past in certain in situations. So like, I don't want to be, uh, dismissive on it mm-hmm. because I think if we're being real, there is, there's something there. Like if you're marrying into the Kennedy family, you've gone, you're, you're a higher. It's a status here in yeah, American society. Now, like you're, a, you're now a Kennedy, like that's different than being a Smith, you know? So I, I totally get that. I think it's just, knowing what you're looking for. So if that's something that's really important to you and you want to have the stability and status, you know, like I don't, I don't dismiss that. Um, I think just, we're kind of fortunate that we're going to be okay either way. And because of that, that kind of gives us the freedom to decide what to put focus on something else, you know? Um, yeah, that got dark. Switching topics, though. Smooth transition. Um, so one of the points you mentioned, uh, Ashley, you mentioned that like we want to have stability and like feeling like we know what's coming mm-hmm. tomorrow. Um, 
So we uh, are part of a volleyball team, Ashley and I, and we kind of play uh, once you, a week. You missed and... the best part, which is our team name. Oh, I'll let you oh say it's it, how but... I set your mother. <laughs> how I set your mother. I am proudly the captain. <laughs> we are terrible, but we have a lot of fun. Worst. Yeah. <laughs> We've won most social. We but did. We, don't actually we got win an award for most it. social. <laughs> But we did not win any trophies for our skills. <laughs> it's it's rough. Um, but on our team, you know, we're a team of six, seven mm-hmm. people, and two of the people are looking into changing their jobs and switching careers. And uh, I've I've talked to quite a different, quite a few different friends, and just people our age, people our age, who because of Life's changes. Actually, my theory is the pandemic in general. It's it, it's interesting if you look at uh, the stats for most during after after a depression or recession. Most people, there's a certain percentage of people who never go back. Like they felt like the only reason why I'm working is to be stable, and then it got tough, and you guys fired my ass real quick, and they just kind of lose love or interest in working because they don't feel that stability anymore. Um, or in our generation, it feels like people are now reevaluating and they're deciding to change. And uh, my uh, question is, how do you think that affects or how would you treat that as a relationship standpoint where, you know, you're with a partner and they they have a certain job and now they want to change that to something that could be completely different, might not be as stable, might be more stable. Um, but how how you'd feel in that situation? Um, I know it's a very broad question, but that could be cool to talk about. Um, yeah. Yeah. How what do you, you think, feel? I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can definitely see the pandemic um, playing into it because mm-hmm. it kind of shocked us all into thinking rethinking i think our situations um maybe it's also just thinking about where our life is headed and reevaluating everything because of that it's also a little bit of fear to be like oh wait crap i i got shocked or i got blindsided by this i better hurry up and figure this out because i thought i had time and i thought this was not that serious but it actually may be more serious than i thought so let's reevaluate mm-hmm. so i think that's kind of something I see more um, in terms of then, therefore, what should I do now, right? And that could be a partner, that could be my job. And if I am in a relationship thinking about a new job, I'm going to hope to communicate that as much as possible with my partner. But I'm also going to hope that, I don't know, this is just me being hopeful. I'm, I'm That doesn't mean I need a new relationship because uh, mm-hmm. that would really suck. Um, right. I've had some people, though, tell me that the pandemic has just kind of sped up what was already coming for some people mm-hmm. in terms of like yeah. ending a relationship because they could get used to each other. If they, let's say were traveling all the time for work, they could manage for the weekends or the days that they were together. Mm-hmm. But being together all the time is just really brought to the forefront stuff. They probably already knew, but never really confronted. Take that for yeah. what you will, if that's a good or a bad thing, because, that, I mean, at the end of the day, you still need a relationship. Um, hmm. So, I don't know, in general, 
it's a really good <laughs> it's a really good thought i don't know exactly if i have a clean cut answer for that but yeah, I mean, it's broad. That wasn't a clean-cut question, <laughs> so you're good. Well, I think that with the pandemic, like, suddenly people had a lot more free time on their mm-hmm. hands, and they were kind of forced to, like, a lot of distractions were taken away, right? True. Like, a good yeah. thing about our volleyball team, we weren't playing volleyball anymore. Like, not going to the gym anymore, not going to yoga, not going to any classes, not doing any of the normal, like, social activities outside of the home and so Mm -hmm. it's a lot of time to just sit and look at exactly what life is for you at that moment and like i think they're referring to this time period as like the great resignation (laughs) where like people are quitting their jobs in hordes because for Mm -hmm. maybe the first time they've actually had the time and space to think about critically about like what what, how do i feel about my job how do i feel about Mm -hmm. work how do I feel about how that balances mm-hmm. with my life? And even like just people being able to work from home and work remotely, like the people who were lucky enough to be able to continue working in that way. Um, like right. that's a really big change <laughs> to the way that you start to perceive your work-life balance. Like I'm someone who was working remotely before the pandemic and I had been for several years and had done that at previous roles before too and so like that's not new to me but when it was i remember how it's it's a lot easier to look at your work situation for what it is because you're not like distracted by all of the environment stuff and like kind of social stuff that happens when you're Mm -hmm. like in a physical work environment with other people and so you get a lot of time Mm -hmm. to think and you have a lot more control over like how you're set up and it's just you start to see it very differently so i feel like that dawned on people very slowly over the course of uh 2020 and into this year 2021 and so Mm -hmm. that naturally is going to also affect like how we look at our relationships and all sorts of things um yeah Mm -hmm. in terms of the question around like how does this affect relationships if like one person really wants to change their career or something i think that gets into i don't know i think with with relationships around this topic it's about the best thing that you can do at all times is to like first be true to yourself and like be clear with yourself about what you want and as an extension of that like communicate it to your partner and like you have to start with that sense of truth with yourself first where if you're making like career decisions primarily off of your current relationship and what's going on with it, you're naturally going to set yourself up for more situations where like, it's not as great of a fit because you're doing it on behalf of something else. And so I think, I think it's important to, to view it that way where if you realize like, actually, I think I want to try a job where I travel a lot, but then you have a, partner who you know that like that would be a problem with it's like that's a big conversation to have because it's like this is something that we have to negotiate now but you could also have a partner you're talking about starting a family with and so what are you going to do there i mean i know a lot of people and i mean we all do who have made life decisions because they want to stay in the location with their partner and i mean for some people that's the most important thing right focus on the relationship the job is just the job is going to get me the money I need so I can build my family because that's what's more important to me. 
So you have to think about what your priorities are, right? If that's best for you. And in terms of transitioning, because transitioning a job is a big deal. It's stressful. Um, it's time consuming. It's new and changing. It can affect who you are. You, um, I have a friend who is boy, whose husband, um, I don't know why I call him boyfriend, um, whose husband just quit his job. Does he not know? <laughs> no, they he just, doesn't know that he's a boyfriend. They've just been together okay. for how many years now? Like, I don't know, a long, long time. Mm-hmm. Eight years, nine years. <laughs> um, gotcha. And they got married um, last year, before the pandemic, anyways. So I just, I guess I maybe just like went back to college and thought of them that way. Um, and his work was really stressing his, him out. And it affects the relationship, right? Mm-hmm. Because if you're coming home from a stressful day and you're not your best self at work, you're probably not going to be, you know, the happiest at home, even though your home life brings you happiness. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, yes, you're communicating with your partner. Hey, this is what's going on in my life. This is in my head. This is what I want to do. This is kind of where I'm at. Can we do this together? Because that'd be the healthiest, healthiest thing, right? You want that relationship to blossom. Mm-hmm. I just, I think I find this whole time period very interesting because of that reshuffling, mm-hmm. uh, as you guys said. Um, so I will make this about myself a little bit, because of course, but <laughs> I am, still am, but like a massive workaholic. And I think when we first started, when Ashley and I first started dating, like at that point I had my own business and was just working crazy hours. And it's one of those things where when you're working that much, like it's your identity, you know, like it was my company. It was, I had people that I wanted to make sure that their jobs were, were safe, were safe and stable. And I, there's all these different things that you feel that you have to do. And and just, there's just a lot of responsibility. And I just, I think weirdly, I'm grateful that we are like, that we're like together and, before the pandemic happened, because I think, and if I was still in that situation and the pandemic happened and everything shuts Mm -hmm. down and slows down and you get a moment to breathe and look around and you're like, it's just me and Mm -hmm. I'm working all the time. Like it puts things into perspective of why am I even working this crazy? Like what is the point of this? If there is you don't have people around you that you love and care about. And I think ironically, our society um, praises in those who are like workaholics. Like I was doing well financially mm-hmm. because of that. And a lot of my friends were also workaholics and they were also doing well. And like, you just get into this thing where it's just, you don't even like you're in this bubble of people who just put everything and grind, grind, grind. And, and, you know, I, I told myself, this is, you want to do this in your twenties. So you set yourself up. And part of that was true. Mm-hmm. Like, I think we're very fortunate that because of the skills from back then that we're able to, that I'm able to kind of take a look and pause and, and, and look at situations. But 
that is not healthy. Like, I don't think I would have lasted. Like, that would have killed my health. Like, it's just not good for you. But then, like you said, with other people who are, let's say, because of the pandemic, they decided, I want some more stability. Like, I had a job that I cared about, but there wasn't any money there. And now I really need money because we're in the middle of a pandemic. And I could see them saying, no, I need to get something that's way more Mm -hmm. stable. So I feel like everyone's going to like overcorrect almost (laughs) in this pandemic. And then we'll have like a little slow rotation back to like a medium ground. And just, I think uh, just so many of people in our friend groups that are like settling down, which is great. And I'm so happy for that. But I wonder if that would have happened if it wasn't for the pandemic. You know, it just kind of put things into perspective Mm -hmm. a little bit more. Um, And on the work side, like realizing, hey, this job isn't for me. How many people do we know who are like just doing the job because it's what you're supposed to do? Or because it's just stable and and it's a source of income based on like the random, you know, major that you chose in college when you were 18. Right. (laughs) It's Mm -hmm. like, of course, of course, people are going to end up in places where they're like, oh, this isn't exactly what I wanted. You know, like even me, I, I felt like I was making a pretty informed decision when I chose like my degrees in graphic design. And, you know, it's from the College of Business and everything. And I do have a lot of interest in design and a lot of the like sort of adjacent topics. But I mean, Mm -hmm. in the different roles that I've had related to that, I've discovered like, oh, maybe this isn't something that I would want to do forever. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. That, that, you know, I can see it now instead of like, this is a, (laughs) a lifelong career in design. I can see it as this is a career in the skill sets that overlap with design. And, you know, that, Mm -hmm. that's a lot more flexible than just thinking of it so literally. But, Again, you have to try those things out before you really know what you want. So, you know, I think that's, I think it's really cool. I I think we're going to see some cool stuff out of how people are approaching work now and people being real with themselves about what do I actually want? What type of life do I want? How does my work support the life that I want rather than the other way around? And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's it's an interesting time to be in. Right. Yeah. Agreed. Or like even viewing work as like a negotiation. Like I'm deciding, like I love my job now, but it's because it was a negotiation. It's like, all right, I'm deciding what I can bring to the table. They're bringing, they've decided what they can bring to the table. And you've got like a middle ground mm-hmm. as opposed to like, I need any job because I need, then you're going to get, like, you're going to have someone who takes yeah. advantage of you. And it's like, take this $2 an hour and be happy about <laughs> it. Um, on the relationship side, so I will use a personal example of my family doctor. He was a um, an accountant for a very long time and decided to just do a career change and went to medical school and became a doctor. And um, uh, no longer uh, with us, so I-, I can't ask him, but... I imagine that transition must have been hard because at that point he was married with kids and now you're going into a situation where I might not be able to provide for the family anymore because I'm now in college getting a bunch of debt and it's going to pay out. But that's a big, that's a 
big transition. Mm -hmm. And for like a, the Mirlas of the world or just people who want that stability, I wonder how that affects the relationship because I would feel blindsided if I was mm -hmm. the partner. It's like, hey, I got like, this was the agreement. You're going to do your thing. I was going to do my thing. You're changing your side now. But also you, you want that person wants to pursue their dream. So is that fair for you to be angry? Um, I think it's, these are like all the weird things that I think of when we see all this transition happening of there's so much balancing going on here. Mm -hmm. That's true because I imagine that you go into the relationship as, Oh, you have your career. Cool. Oh, interesting. Good. And then, you know, do a 180 after you've already made your lifestyle, you know what I mean? And you're going to scale that way back. As an individual, to go from making a salary to not making a salary, that's hard. As someone with a family, that's even harder. And I, I would love to hear from yeah. the listeners who have done this because that's, that's just got to be tough. Mm -hmm. Whether you're a single parent, whether you're married with kids, whether you're co-parenting, big life changes that affect other people like that around you when it comes, you know, and a career is so something that like really penetrates your entire life. Right. So that's, that's gotta be so tough to be like, Oh yeah, I, I'm just going to assume from your family doctor, they didn't have debt before going to medical school. And then medical school is one of the most expensive thing, things you could possibly do. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. From no debt to all the mm -hmm. debt. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys for joining us. Uh, this has been a very meandering covering of <laughs> episodes eight and nine. But um, as always, we want to kind of push the conversation to what we find interesting, which we think is going to be probably more engaging content for you guys. So we know we didn't cover everything, but um, as always, the show is a good starting point for some of those mm -hmm. conversations. So um, if you're not already, please go follow us on Instagram at Cup of Three Podcast. Let us know what you think of this episode, um, all the different things that we covered. We'd love to hear from you. And yeah, we will see you next time. Y'all have a, a good week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.